0: Hello and welcome to The Fifth Pillar, a podcast where we bring on guests from the University of Valley Forge to talk about different relatable subjects. We are your hosts, Ben Daniel and Daniel Horn.
1: We have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Kyneth. So many students um, currently have or have had Dr. Kyneth for classes as a professor. And I think I speak for everyone when we say we're so grateful to have him here at UVF. He was always so passionate about whatever he is teaching and his love for the Lord is so evident. So uh, Dr. Kyneth, thank you so much for being on here today.
2: I'm very honored, thank you, Mm -hmm. Danielle and Ben.
0: Dr. Kyneth, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well. By the Blackie, grace of God, every day. That's, That's awesome. A new day.
1: Mm-hmm. So today we are discussing a topic that we believe is very important to address, and many students might have questions about. We'll be talking about spiritual warfare. Now, before we get into questions regarding that, we just want to ask, overall, Doctor Kyneth, what maybe has been on your heart recently for the students of UVF?
2: Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for what the Lord is doing, and I certainly see um, a move of the Spirit of God. He's pouring out His Spirit, and there's There has been a prayer that's been in my heart these last, um, I think, several weeks specifically. I've been praying, asking the Lord for an open heaven. And um, this verse, just in the last day, came to my attention once again. And it's in Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. The mountains would tremble before you. Then in verse 3, for when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. And then he speaks a a verse here that is quoted by Paul, and this would be my heart. It says, uh, "Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, to no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for Him." And Paul. Utilize that that concept, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart. You know, those who love him, those who pursue him, I think there are greater things for us than we can begin to imagine. But praying for an open heaven,
0: yes. Dr. Kainath, in what ways would you say the spiritual world uh, has an impact on believers?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, The scriptures are very very clear that there is more than meets the eye um i think we need to understand that that um you know our feet touch this this earth we live in a very natural realm and yet there is a very very spiritual very prevalent spiritual realm Mm -hmm. that we cannot dismiss and of course we know that we're we're walking in the Spirit of God We walk by the Spirit of God. We know that his presence in us and fills us But we also need to understand in the Word of God that there is a kingdom of darkness that's arrayed against us as well and The Apostle Paul speaks of it in this way that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices
1: now, I think in Today's society, we see kind of two extremes. We see this denial of the spiritual world, maybe, but then also on the other hand, we see an obsession of it. So, so how do we balance? You know, this this underestimation or disbelief in um, spiritual warfare in the spiritual realm versus over spiritualizing and obsessing over spiritual things.
2: Yeah, Danielle, I think that's it's a very good observation. Um, within Christendom, within Christians' lives and different faith traditions and so on, I see that extreme, Um, two different extremes. And one is denial and ignorance. And um, there are those who would identify with the things of God, would name the name of Jesus, and they would deny any presence of spiritual warfare or the demonic. Um, And um, there have been those who will approach even scripture more of a higher critical approach that well uh, Jesus casting out demons or healing this disease or so that they just did not have our understanding um, and so sometimes people will interpret that as just ancient myths and so on. that. Uh, uh, came into the biblical narratives and so on, that there is not real uh, demon uh, intrusion and possession. And I think that that denial is, is not biblical, that ignorance. Some people just don't want to go there because they're afraid of that. But then there's another extreme, and it's just as dangerous, and that is a total preoccupation with demonic things. Um, to me, and we could go on and on with that, I could give you anecdotal You know, just thinking back of how I've heard extreme thoughts on matters, people looking for demons under every rock and so on. But to me, the most dangerous part of that is when Christians will um, defer what really comes. the, The Word of God speaks of works of the flesh, matters that need to actively be repented of. That we have decisions concerning. We need to repent. We need to actively resist these things and and, and put the flesh under our feet and uh, and stand strong in the Lord and and in holiness. And but I've seen where there's obsession that all of that is blamed on demonic powers, and to the extent where some Christians would at least this is how they verbalize it, they're they are passive. Vessels they are victims and I can't really help it Uh, You know this demonic power I I get this uh, people have spoken like a monkey on my back. I just can't help it You know, it's the old man and and the demonic powers have this control I think that that's very sad and dangerous Where there's works of the flesh we have a decision Um, And the enemy can only bring intrusion where we allow that intrusion to take place. So I do see those two extremes. Yes,
0: Now, um, how would you say you find joy and truth in the middle of spiritual warfare?
2: We have so much that has been um, given to us as our inheritance in Christ when we give our hearts to the Lord. And um, perhaps I could even refer to, there's a study that I've written um, on spiritual warfare with the Life Enrichment Studies. And there... We talk about you know exposing and unmasking uh, the enemy of our soul and what we're really dealing with, but it's I'm very clear in that study to address what you're speaking of here, Ben. Um, Just what we do have in Christ. We have a new birth. We are a new person in Jesus Christ. It's when we question that, that the enemy has a stronghold, has some kind of access against us. Um, We have cleansing from all sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, We are, the Bible speaks of being rescued and delivered. Um, Paul says, he daily delivers me. So so, uh, He saves me, he rescues me, delivers me from every evil attack. Uh, we can go on. The Bible speaks of freedom and protection and power, um, Christ's ownership over our lives. Um, we speak of this a lot on campus, and it's a key to victory, abiding in Christ. Um, the enemy is not going to get strongholds when we are living and moving in, in, in the things of the Lord and dwelling upon Him and um, abiding, drawing strength from the Lord, I think that that's where our victory lies. And, and we have to understand, too, that we're walking in the light of God's presence. Um, Satan constantly his, his MO is that he works in the dark he always wants to uh, be covert and if we're living in the light we're living in the light of his word we're in the scriptures we're praying without ceasing there's continued communion with the Lord um, I do not believe it's not that the enemy will not attack us but he's not going to land uh, those arrows against us when we're standing in faith and trusting the Lord because then we have a uh, a fortress in the Lord and a defense and a strong and and in a positive way we have that stronghold in the Lord Jesus.
1: That's really good. Now, uh we can see in our generation we uh there are a lot of people and students who are really interested in the spiritual or uh oh my goodness, let me just <laughs> We can see in our generation that there are a lot of people that are interested in the spiritual world, even if they aren't necessarily Christians. So from an evangelism perspective, how can we approach sharing Jesus with unbelievers who do believe that there is a spiritual world?
2: I I think it is very, very important to acknowledge. um, We have to understand that the predominant philosophy that... um, it just pervades American society today. We don't often think of it this way, but it just, um, it, it, it pervades uh, the educational system, even the entertainment world, um, it, and that is postmodernism. Um, Modernism back when I was a kid it was more modernism. I remember literally sitting in classes that science is basically going to solve all the issues and It's going to be a utopia because science is figuring it all out And then there was even in universities what they call the death of rationalism That all of a sudden we discovered that all the science in the world and all of our intellect is not making the issues of life go away And that there are some real spiritual uh, dimensions here, and postmodernism. Um, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, there are elements of this that have always been there, but it has—it has really risen or sunk. Might be a better way to see it. Um, it is broad America, and we lead the world in this. But it's it is a philosophy that just um, it's ubiquitous throughout the world, and that is that there is a spirit world, and that's expressed differently in different world religions. But I think that this is key, and even evangelistically, as you shared, how do we approach this, knowing that most people, the vast majority of Americans. And I'm speaking of those who don't know the Lord and don't know scriptures, who do not have a biblical worldview. They still believe in a, in a spirit world. Um, spirit beings, angels, their concept of God, um, that really runs the whole gamut. They, people think of God in many, many different ways within postmodernism. But they will acknowledge that there's a spirit world. And I think this is very, very important through human history, um, so many different, and well, let's just bring it to today. I mean, you can look in the ancient past or Asterism, um, uh, today more world religions, but it's very dualistic, dualism. Just this philosophy that good and evil um, will eternally be in conflict. And they see this. You you see it um, in Eastern religion, yin yang. They use terms like this, that this that, you know there's this this cosmic dualism. I guess this is the best way to say it. I think it's important as believers to show people that this is not um, an eternal um, uh, fatalistic approach. This is not what the scriptures show. That there is. Uh, in the life of the believer, when we turn our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is victory. And um, even as we look at the future, and we love to study eschatology and speak of the future things, the return of Christ, we have to be careful that people, you know, that may not be familiar with 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 biblical understanding and scriptural language. We have to bring it in a way that they understand it. But I think it's important to say, Jesus will settle the score, okay? The enemy will have his day of final judgment, Um, Satan. Uh, is thrown into the lake of fire um, and God um, has already won the victory for those who stand in the Lord Jesus and will eternally and we could say in a cosmic way um, settle for all of this world settle the score Um, and, and so he he wins the victory and he won the war we have to understand this and I think this is important to point out to people as well Jesus won that war on the cross through his blood it is finished and the empty tomb um but satan will not um relinquish um sort of like you cut the head of a snake off the the muscles will still move and he's still moving he there are skirmishes there are there are battles yet to be fought but we have to remind satan that he has lost this war and and i think that's important for people to understand
0: uh, so, I have two questions here. What would you say is the primary battleground for spiritual warfare? And uh, how do we stand against Satan's attacks and live continued in this victory?
2: Okay, I think ultimately Satan is looking for people to renounce their faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately when he can he can gain that, um, that place within the heart of a human being. Um, But, I do believe this, in order to move in that direction, Satan's primary strategy uh, is is the battle for the mind. Um, We are spirit, soul, and body. And um, Satan knows that the core of our being is our heart, our spirit. um, And he wants that access. Um, Obviously, he cannot bring that access to a believer. The Holy Spirit indwells us, fills our hearts. Um, But he will seek access through, and I speak of it as the battle for the mind. And he gets access specifically through what I call the eye gate and the ear gate. Um, Through the power of suggestion. um, Through threats that are really based on lies. Um, Revelation 12 speaks of him as the accuser of the brothers and it's generic of the sisters as well he will come against believers bringing accusations you're not good enough who do you think you are that God could love somebody like you and then he weakens through that threat based on lies he weakens our will and then he gets access through what we see and what we listen to we listen to lies we look at things that do not honor the Lord and he gets access strongholds in that way footholds and but i do believe that our thought life um you know we we have this verse um solomon said this and he would know this very very well from experience but in proverbs 23 7 for as he thinks in his heart so is he and i don't think that we can underestimate um the the thought life and how important it is so let me say this as well and I will often speak this way um in certain settings and classrooms, and we'll diagram with like three concentric circles. The spirit is the core of our being. Uh, and then we are also soul, uh, that's our humanness. So there's that next concentric circle, and then the outer circle is our body. And I look at it this way, and, and this was a, a practical theological approach that was really I think, accentuated by a theologian, Watchman Nee. He wrote a book, Release of the Spirit, and it's, it's tremendous. It's a little handbook, but it's tremendous. And it speaks of this, and I, this is how I look at it. Christians have victory over the enemy when we're living, I say, we live our inside out. We live from the spirit. The spirit man needs to grow. We need to feed our heart in the things of the Lord. That is the throne room of God's presence. And, and then, as we grow our spirit, um, this is going to put uh, the influence upon our mind, our soul, our humanness, and upon our body. We're living from the inside out. We're taking our, um, our priorities are set, and the, the lead is coming from the heart, uh, the core of our being, the inner man, as Paul would say. The problem is that most believers, and certainly all who don't know the Lord, they live from the outside in and they're taking all their cues from the world. They're basing um, all of their decisions upon the five senses, which we're, of course we're not in denial of five senses, but we see that the eternal matters, like the Bible says, God has set eternity in our hearts. That's what, that's what um, takes the, the preeminence in our lives, that our spirit is calling the shots here. Not my flesh, not the world, not my body, but I'm living from the inside out. And that's, I believe, where we stay. That's truly abiding in the Lord, and that's where we stay in that victory over the enemy. He is prevalent, he wants to come against us, no question about that, but he cannot reach where we are walking in the spirit and living, I say, from the inside out.
1: So, um, how have you seen spiritual attacks differently in different cultures or places throughout the world?
2: It's a great question. Um, I love to travel and love to minister in different places, and um, quite a bit in Africa and Asia, different places. Um, I, I think of uh, services where I've preached, and I won't speak of the different nations and so on, but there are times just even in preaching where I, I i'm thinking of uh, some services i think we had three services in a very very large church and as i'm preaching there are people that were shrieking literally shrieking and then i'm watching as i'm preaching and they're carrying people out and they're casting demons out of people in the hallway. They're taking them out into the foyer. And these are people that did not know the Lord Jesus, but when you're speaking of the Lord Jesus, demonic powers can't handle that, okay? So I look at that, and overseas that happens quite a bit, that demonic powers will be very, uh, very prevalent and visible and so on. And part of that is because there is a lot of witchcraft and openness in this. But that does not mean that demonic powers are not present. Again, we have to keep this in balance, okay? We have the victory over this. Um, So we're not going to be preoccupied with demonic things, nor in ignorance and denial of this. But at the same time, um, we understand that um, the enemy is arrayed against us. But, you know, I think about um, Elisha and his servant, where he said, he prayed and he and Elijah said to his servant, there are more who are with us than who are against us. Mm-hmm. There is a battle that's arrayed against us, but we have to keep this in perspective. We do have the victory in the Lord and there are demonic powers, but there are also angelic holy angels that are commissioned on our behalf and are ministers to, the Bible speaks of it that, that they're they're ministering. You know, the, 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 Jesus speaks in uh, Matthew that the the, the the angels do always behold the face of uh, our, our, my Father for them, and so I believe that there are angels that are commissioned, and so we're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I I do let me just say this in America, I, I think I, I approach it with this phrase: that demonic powers know how to stay under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, they would prefer to work in the dark. They would prefer not to be exposed. As a matter of fact, one of the strategies of Satan is to get people to believe that he doesn't even exist. Uh, and 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 even though there's a spirit realm, people acknowledge that most Americans don't believe that there's a true Satan. Okay, that he's a real being. And I'm not saying that he's omnipresent. He certainly is not. But I do think that um, it is important to understand that. Um, When, when we're, you know, I I believe this even evangelistically. When believers are living on the cutting edge and they are opposing things of darkness, when we're getting into people's lives where there are demonic strongholds, then you will see more of this. Mm -hmm. The enemy stays on the radar, but when you're on the front lines of battle, you will see this. And there have been occasions where there has been very, very clear demonic possession. Um, And that's here in the United States. Now, it always resulted in victory, okay, because we take authority over the enemy. So it's not that it's not here, but the devil would rather stay unexposed. And um, so I think we just have to be spiritually sensitive to this, that when the Lord wants us to discern uh, that there is something more than the flesh, this is unholy, then I think the Lord will give us that discernment and then we can stand in victory and call that thing out.
0: So we've talked about a lot of things, um, but what would you want students to take away from this conversation?
2: Uh, to live on the victory side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Paul says we always mm-hmm. live, Second Corinthians 2.14, um, we always live in triumphal procession. And that was a... It was a very, uh, very prominent figure that people would have known the the triumphal procession in that day. They had that mental picture um, and Paul sanctifies that whole concept. We are in the victory procession. Um, Jesus is our commander in chief. And I think that we cannot see ourselves as victims uh, of the enemy, uh, Uh, or in this losing battle, I think that that's a lie. Mm -hmm. I think we are on the victory side. Jesus has won the war, and I I believe above all things, if we will keep our eyes on the Lord, um, there's a beautiful chorus, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his glorious face and the things of earth including uh, the things of the kingdom of darkness, will grow strangely dim. Mm-hmm. The enemy is not going to win the advantage when we're walking and abiding in Christ.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, thank Professor you. Kenneth, We're so grateful to have you. Well, I hope you have a great day.
2: Thank you. It's a great honor. Thank you both. God bless you.